0: Podcast me away. Number 345. There's another Q&A episode. We have five great topics. Steve Smee here and Rick is joining us. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, what's up, Steve. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
0: Yeah, baby. Uh, next week, buddy, football season starts, so it's big. Gonna be a big a big one. Uh, I know you're a big Jets fan living up there in New York. So. Um,
1: Dude, I don't, I don't follow team sports, man. Not my yeah, thing. Yeah, no,
0: that's so stupid. Jets fan, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, only, like, I
1: only follow. I only follow fighting. Anything's got yeah. to do with fighting, I yeah. follow. Well, but uh, but other stuff, all these games, I'm not, I'm not really into, man.
0: To be honest. with you. Well, if I was a Jets fan, I, I'd feel the same way. So let's get right to the topics, buddy. Uh, the first one. Testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know. I'm
1: have the jets been bad uh, for for the jets have been bad for years now huh
0: yeah yeah they're like a joke of a franchise that's why i have jets yeah, i have uh, <laughs> make fun of yeah they bad for jets years fans, haven't it's a it's uh yeah they're really bad and they have like the, the dumbest owner and dumbest coach so adam gaze he's a he's an offensive guru Everywhere he goes his offense is like the worst. They hire him. It's a it's I, I funny. wear a
1: Yankees hat. I wear a, I wear a Yankees hat just because I, I like the hat, not because I follow the, the sport. And sometimes I'll I'll walk in somewhere or I'll go into a restaurant, whatever. Yeah. And somebody will come up and say, Hey man, you we beat you guys. We almost had you. And I'm like, What? <laughs> okay. I know you <laughs> we, can't even we wear a hat. You. Your, your boy, you know, your, your boy saved you. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I just I just tell people like, "Hey man, I just wear the hat cuz I I like it." I'm I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you. Well, don't, don't don't don't, 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 don't hurt, please don't hurt me. <laughs> you know don't. The rage, people, people are very aggressive like they step to you and yeah. and they have this whole conversation going like, "Your guy is bullshit." and, and you know it. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's that gotta be funny, man. But yeah, guys. So, yeah. you wear a
1: team? You you wear any kind of sports or team uh, wear out places? Or no?
0: Dude, as soon as as the Dolphins drafted Tua, bro, I went online and I fucking I ordered like ten Tua jerseys, bro, from all these Chinese scammers. I got I ended up getting one in the mail. It was like some knockoff jersey. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm like obsessed, bro. It's uh. I love it, bro. It's it's uh it's the cleanest, best pleasure uh, when you're yes. when you're uh, following a team and they uh, they win a game. It's the cleanest, best pleasure. It's good way for the community to kind of you know you know get behind something and stuff. So sports are. I think I, li- sports are I like I like fighting just because it's I don't know to me
1: it's just very real and, and there are some rules but it's not as structured and it's filled with
0: rules and yeah. stuff. No, it's I think because you grew up in and- – you grew up in Colombia. That's probably why, dude. Yeah. But like I know a lot of people... You know,
1: Colombia like- is, a, is, a uh, is a big soccer town. You know, yeah. fighting is very... Um, fighting is more uh, American than American, Brazilian, Japanese, Thai. Those are all cultures that were fighting. I know a lot of, forms of... fighting. I know a population. lot
0: of immigrants, do. they never watched football before. And they started watching it. And they started going to games. And they fucking fell in love with it, bro. So My, my have- buddy,
1: uh, Marlene Greenwood, he played for the Dolphins for a while. He went, went to high school with him. He he started playing soccer, and then he uh, he went and played football for a season, and he did great, and then he switched over to football and got a full ride out of that. And,
0: uh-huh. But, yeah, yeah he's I a Jamaican him, guy.
1: He, he uh-huh. started to high school. He started playing soccer. Yep.
0: Yeah, I remember him, bro, for sure. Yeah, so let's get into it, guys. We have five great topics. Um, I had to give Rick a little needle for being a Jets fan to start. Um, but we're going to move on. Uh, the first one is, a I claim,
1: test- I claim no, I claim no sets, man. <laughs>
0: you're man. from New York. I wave no flags. You're from New York. I'm sorry. So guys, the first one, testosterone, a trembolone ratio. Uh, what is the, what is the point of this one? Um, a lot of people, you know, they argue this, you know, they're like, Oh, you got to run Test high and run the trend low. A lot of guys say you gotta run the trend low that the opposite way. And you know, so there's all kinds of ways to do it. You know, I've run it all kinds of ways. I've run it where they've been equal, I've run the test higher than the trend, I've run the trend higher than, than the test, I've run no tests with trend. At the end of the day, my observations is with trend, I don't like stacking another androgen with trend. I don't like to do it because the side effects, I'd like to just run trend at a low dosage, quote unquote, low dosage, 200 mil- milligrams, 250 milligrams a week. That's it. Stack in a little mild anabolic, like, like var or t bowl with it. And you have no side, you have way less side effects than stacking another androgen with it, stacking a lot of testosterone with it. And then if you stack a lot of testosterone with it, now you have the estrogen problems that so get associated with it. So you got the androgenic problems, the estrogenic problems, the DHT problems, all that kind of swamps it. And then you've got the trembolone with the, with extreme and, androgenic and anabolic and uh, side effects to it. So I just found like I like to just let the steroid like do, the, do its job without interfering. So I like to keep things clean. I like to keep things even. Um, even keel on cycle. So the way I like to run it, like I said, no test, a little bit of trend, a little bit, quote unquote, 200, 250 milligrams. Look, if you can't grow on that, then you either got fake trend or your genetics are just shit, you know, because even people who don't even have good workouts, I mean, you will grow on that. Like it's, it's an incredible steroid. So I just like to keep it clean Um, And I found like when you're running a lot of testosterone with it and you're running the trend, even at 200 milligrams and say you run 400 milligrams of the test, you start getting these side effects. Like you start getting the inflammation, the bloat, you start getting a lot of blood pressure issues, you start getting a lot of sleep problems you start getting those androgenic side effects. They just multiply and you start getting the DHT side effects like head hair loss, prostate issues, et cetera. So that's just the way I design it. So if you've never run trend solo like that, try it on your next next trend run and see how you like it. I think that you will realize, wow, I'm getting less side effects and you will get better results because you'll be able to actually – Sleep properly at night, you'll be actually able to function normally, and you won't be so you know screwed up mentally from the trend. It's like it, it's almost like it makes you even more crazy if you stack in another androgen with it. So, I'm against stacking tests with it, I'm against thanking something like anadrol with it, dbull, any of those androgenic steroids with it. I think you should stack something mild. You could even stack something like a little Primo with it, a little EQ with it if you don't want to use an oral. So that's that's the way I like. How about you, Rick? What, how do you like the, your trend?
1: Yeah, I'm going to stick with what we've been saying on the podcast now since I jumped on on the last year or so. Just don't use trend. There's no, no need for it. If you're competing, if you have a coach and you get up on stage or – you need it for something very specific and you already know how it works for you, then why not? You know, rock it. But just, if you're just Bob going to the office and, and you want to use Trend a couple of times a year just to, just to look brolic at the office, just to be super dad bot on the, on the block, maybe, maybe no need. Maybe you can get there without running something like Trend through your system. So just going back to the advice, to the don't use it. If you do use it, I think any uh, like when you have when you deal with something like Trend or DECA, uh, I would probably want to run testosterone at around twice of twice the amount. Reason is because to me and my personal experience, both DECA and Trend have really messed with my dick in a in a way. Trend not so bad. Trend delays orgasm. I mean, you you're kind of fine with trend, you want to go with trend, but that guy will, will will fool you sometimes. Sometimes you wanna you wanna get in there and do it, and it's like it's like shooting pool with a rope. It's not not a good experience. So I like to usually run testosterone at around twice, uh if I'm using either of those two. And now there's a new idea about a trend that I've kind of been putting in in my mind together while Steve and I've been doing this podcast and I've been talking to more guys and I'm thinking about messing with trend again myself is maybe do a little bit of trend, like 50 migs uh, twice a week or hundred milligrams a week. And you're just doing that much for mainly two reasons. One, just the way trend makes you feel the way it really just gives you that, that on feeling. And two, because I think it just makes the way your other steroids work better. I think it's doing, uh, it's doing something to maybe uh, receptors and another pathway like IGF-1 or, or something along those lines maybe. And this is why, and every bodybuilder with experience will tell you this, when you add trembolone to that same cycle you've always been doing, you just add trembolone to it, everything just works great. And that was my experience too. I've, I've done testosterone and, and EQ cycles before, and just adding a little bit of trend, you know, uh, lowering dosage, on eq and the test so that i can throw trend in there still doing around the same amount per week and boom the results was just something else now you don't quite get that doing trend on its own you do trend on its own it doesn't work quite that great you could do eq and test work all right you throw the three together even at the same total dose you've got something else something really different this is not just me saying this many guys will tell you this so Maybe 100 makes a week is enough to give you some of the really good benefits. And you're still still within a reasonable range where you're not going to get the really nasty side effects. They're really kind of get in the way of your day, get in the way of life side effects that we all know and associate with trying already. So it's a little different uh, spin on on the answer, Steve, since you uh, you gave uh, one already.
0: I don't think people understand with trend, you don't need much of it. I think people are just so excited to run it that they'll run 400 milligrams a week, 350. I can remember back in the day that was the recommended dose. And I used to run it originally first couple of times I ran it at 350, I believe. And it was really brutal. The side effects were really, really brutal, especially once you got to week five, week six. So I was actually told by IFBB Pro at some point, um, he's like, look, you really don't have to run it more than 200 milligrams a week. And uh, that's what I started doing. I started listening to his advice and it made such a big difference with side effects and it didn't bother with my uh, results. It's like my results actually got better by running less. So, I mean, the less is better approach is something that I, I preach a lot. And I know it's going to fall on deaf ears. I mean, those of you who compete, it's chemical warfare. But like for those of you which are, I think, the majority of our show, probably 80 85% of our show who are just gym rats, I think you'll, you'll like just doing uh, TRAN 200 milligrams, throw in either VAR or some t bowl, a few of them, maybe 30 milligrams of either a day. Um, and then take out the oral uh, during during the cycle and then you know you should get some really really good results on that stack i don't i don't see any reason to run anything else with it we see a lot of competitors it's like they run 400 milligrams of trend 800 milligrams of test 800 milligrams of eq 800 milligrams of this master on they run all this stuff with it and i get it it's chemical warfare but um in your situation I, okay that's fine but i think a gym rat You'll really be able to get actually better results and get better performance with a less is a better approach.
1: You know, on the forum that we have on Facebook, if you guys want to look at it, up, it's called uh, Aesthetics and Performance Enhancement uh, Forum. If you just look for aesthetics and performance, you, you, you'll you'll come up with it. Uh, We have some competitors there, and sometimes they'll ask us for opinions on their cycle, some of these guys that compete and working with coaches. Man, I I was amazed, again, just taking a look back at what these guys do. Uh, One guy was worried about still being a little bit watery and and looking a little too soft, so close to competition. And from the description of his cycle, he'd be doing orals now for going on 10 weeks of orals, and he was going to do another – another few weeks of orals. I mean, we're talking about almost three, four months on orals. Some co- some competitors will do. I mean, it's it's serious. You know, once you get to that level and you're trying to get on stage and win stuff, like Steve said, chemical warfare. And once you know what works for you, if what works to get you hard for competition are a stack of orals, Winstraw and Terenabol with anavar together, then guess what you're going to take for about six to eight weeks, maybe ten. You're going to take three orals, even if it equals you know 100, 150 a day. That is just part of the game. That is just part of what's going
0: to happen. All right, guys. So the next topic is steroids for mood when depressed. So let me read this. This guy he posted. He said, "What steroids can help me feel the best and boost mood? I feel like." A speech is coming, and I've heard it a million times already, but I'm going through some crap right now, and I'm just not happy with anything. Long story short, uh, my girlfriend left me, I lost my job, and my landlord is trying to evict me for non-payment. Figured steroids would be better than getting some coke. So Rick, would you, what do you think about this one when you, heard, when, you first, <laughs> when you first heard it? I always say you can't
1: start a steroid cycle with pre-existing conditions. And it sounds like this guy has a condition right now, mental. He, he's going through something, sort of depression. That's a pre-existing condition. Maybe take care of that. Uh, look, some testosterone boosters, androgens, tribulus, with fedosia Agrestis, it'll make you feel good enough. You don't, If you're just looking for a little bit of a, a nice androgen high, maybe a nice uh, outlook on things, yeah, just a little bit of test boosters. Uh, maybe even you get a script from a doctor for TRT, that's all right to get your androgen levels right so you're more optimistic, don't get so depressed, that's all right. But you don't want to sit there and like start using trembolone, like we just discussed in the last question, or Jorana or going on heavy cycles while you're going through some of this personal turmoil, while you're going through some of this personal garbage. I do, again, I do defend the need for... It's having some good androgen levels in your system. Just make you a little bit more optimistic, more uh, sure of yourself, especially if you're going through turmoil in your life. That's fine. But adding adding steroids that are going to then really maybe warp your thinking a bit, your decision-making. Now you're leaning on steroids as a crutch towards other problems the way somebody would on alcohol or somebody would lean on, like this kid just mentioned, uh, cocaine or any other kind of drug, you're utilizing steroids in that same regard, and I guess it's maybe not as bad of a crutch as the other ones, but it's still a crutch, you're still not right, and you have to be conscious of it. So, if you just uh, if you're a little bit uh, low, low test and you're getting you're going through something, testosterone boosters will do, TRT dosage if you need it. But yeah, stay away from heavy cycles or, or any steroids. You get your life straightened out first. Get everything really worked out and then you can have a good cycle. Then, then there's nothing to get away in the way of your cycle. There's nothing to stop you if you get your life in order before you, before you jump on. What do you think, Steve?
0: Steroids are hormones. They're not mechanisms to get high. They're not mechanisms to fix your life. Um, A lot of people just overrate steroids. They think steroids are the end all for their problems. I mean, I can go through these issues, but here's the thing. Even if you run steroids, they make you feel better. The most feel-good steroids, testosterone, a moderate to low doses of testosterone, Dianabol, those are feel-good steroids. Uh, Those are the two that usually will make people feel good. Um, And the problem is, let's say hypothetically you go on them, because D-Bowl isn't that expensive. You can buy a cycle of D-Bowl. For like 40 bucks, 50 bucks, I don't know. But, you know, let's say you sp- you want to spend your 50 bucks on the D-Bowl and you get in a better mood when you're taking the D-Bowl because you're hor- you're hormonally you're getting a better mood. It's not solving any of these problems you have. So, And then what happens when you come off the D-Bowl? You're going to feel worse than you did before. So any of these problems, okay, your girlfriend left you. If you're having these issues and going through a depression and stuff – you're not a, you, that's why your girlfriend left you, bro, because she, she doesn't want to be around that. So it's better that she left you than, than if she stayed with you and you brung her down, right? If you really cared about her, you would understand why she left you. So let her go and get your life back on track. And when you get everything balanced, then you can start pursuing girls again. There's no reason to have a girlfriend right now. Okay. You lost your job. Yes. A lot of people are losing their jobs right now. That's, you 're not alone on that, maybe this is an opportunity though, for you to get into some other business because some businesses right now are doing very well, and some businesses are doing very poorly. I mean, look at the technology sector it's doing amazingly well right now, amazingly well. Look at a company uh, you know like amazon they're hiring people to be drivers or hiring people to work in their warehouses. Apply, bro. Apply. It, it, you know, okay. You got to go out there. You can't just sit on your ass and feel bad for yourself. You have to go out there and try to pursue a job. Your landlord trying to evict you for non payment. You know what? Let him evict you. Let him evict you. If you can't afford to live in the place you're living at, and you can't make a payment, it's a blessing. Let him just evict you. Talk to him and be like, look, dude, I can't afford my payment. You know, I'm trying to get a job. Will you give me some time to, to, to do it? But if not, you know, just make an agreement with him. Look, look, dude, I'm going to leave at the end of the month. I'm going to leave the, house, the the property in good condition. Will you give me a break? Will you not like evict me? So that's on my record. And then you can move on, find another place, find a job in some other town and, and move. And then you can start fresh. So that can be a blessing too. Moving is always a blessing, especially in when you're feeling depressed. Change is good. You know what I'm saying? We're creatures of change. We don't like change. We're scared of change, but change is a beautiful thing. I love it. I love moving to a new place. Moving is a pain in the ass, but I love moving to a new place, making new friends, getting to know new people, meeting new girls. It's, it's, an, it's the best thing. It's the cleanest, best pleasure to uh, to start your life fresh somewhere else. I have no desire to go back and live at some of these places I've lived to before. I'm happy to to move. Any final uh, words for this guy, guy buddy?
1: Yeah, just remember that there are no good or bad events. They're just events. Good or bad is what you make out of them. You can win the main prize and all this money and whatever can ruin your life completely. Kill you almost. Or you can lose someone or something you love or be completely bankrupt in the shitter. And it could be the best thing that ever happened to you and, and the experience that helps define the rest of your life from then on either or can truly happen you just it's what you make of it so just as long as you remember that that's that's important and also when it comes to to the economy you know we came to the states uh, i was nine years old when my family came to the u.s i'm 40 now being here about 31 years In that time, I've seen the economy go up. I've seen the economy go down. I've seen the economy do a lot of things. And one thing that I've noticed is that even at times when the economy was at its best, there were still people out on the street, didn't have anything to eat, didn't have any place to live, couldn't find a job, even when the economy was at its best. And I've also seen the economy at its worst, when the economy is bad, and there still seem to be people out there with money driving some nice cars around spending money in some some expensive places so it just seems to me that economy is what you make it around you look i've been affected by the my small pop shop not even a mom and pop shop cuz i'd run it myself so my small pop shop my supplement company needtobuildmuscle.com i've been affected by covid uh, been affected by the lockdowns, everything, but I'm doing my best and making my economy very personal to me and finding new, better, and creative ways of you know, getting through, through the next month. And that's all you can, you'll figure it out. If you just stay healthy, keep your mind focused, you'll, you'll figure it out.
0: It's an opportunity, man. Every time there's a big uh, drop in the economy, that's an opportunity. You don't think I, I wish I could go back to 0- 0809 or uh 2010 2011 and and scoop up some cheap real estate. I mean, they were giving away sh- uh, real estate so cheap back then. There were there were nice some nice three bedroom homes uh, being sold uh, cheaper than the price of a car for for goodness sake. Could have scooped a couple of those out and then now you can have rental properties and pay them off and you'd have rental properties uh bringing you income for life. You don't think I wish I could go back to that time. So it's a great opportunity, whether you have money or you don't have money, it's a great opportunity to, uh, and uh, if you're a business owner, a great opportunity to, to make some acquisitions, uh, you know, on some of these other companies and make mergers and, and stuff like that. Well, you'll see, you'll see uh, a lot of people get rich from, from this. Um, and they are, they are getting rich. Look at all the, uh, I, look at all the billionaires, all the billionaires are getting richer and richer off of this. So,
1: you know, I've actually seen this because I'm on social a lot and I have in my friends list, a lot of guys that own stores, that own brands, a lot of other in the industry are a big chunk of my followers and people I interact with. And I've seen it exactly what you're saying. I've seen it. I've seen guys that own brands or shops or businesses, bright, smart, hardworking individuals that just got caught up, caught on the bad side on the wrong end of the coin is this is this whole uh covet thing rolled rolled through they found themselves in in harsh economic situations and what happens is some guys that are not in harsh situations are scooping up these companies scooping up these brands bringing in this talent because a lot of these guys are not looking to get the the company they're looking to scoop these people up now that would normally be their competitors now they get to scoop them up almost as partners and it it is definitely a huge opportunity for a lot of people out there if you just if you go through it if you think about things with optimism and you see life and everything with optimism your game you're up for the game you know you're you'll be fine you'll do it
0: retail 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 right now Um, this is the big one. You're going to start seeing uh, consolidation in the retail sector because a lot of these retail companies, like, look at JCPenney. They they went bankrupt. They're closing stores. Well, guess what's going to happen to their competitors? Their competitors are going to come out of this. They're going to be able to acquire all that cheap inventory off of JCPenney. They're going to be able to come in. All these companies that JCPenney sells, their shoes, the clothes, they're struggling because JCPenney stiffed them on the bill. They owe them millions of dollars. And J.C. Penney said, oh, sorry, we're bankrupt. We're not paying you for that inventory. So basically, they we're got gonna, stiffed. So, now, so these companies are, are like losing millions of dollars. They're having the worst quarters they've had in, their, in, in 20, 30 years. So now what's going to happen? You're going to have these other companies come in. A great opportunity for this guy to start up his own uh, retail, get into, get into the retail sector now while shit's cheap dirt cheap and a lot of these companies can be acquired for pennies on the dollar and you can uh, build that brand back. It happens every time.
1: There, we're we're going to look back at this now, this last decade we just lived as the the age, when the age of disruption began. Our generation is when the age of disruption began. And what I mean by that is our parents, grandparents, great grandparents' age, A lot of these jobs and a lot of these opportunities remain pretty steady. You know, being a writer, being a radio guy, being a sales guy, a lot of these jobs stayed pretty steady. Maybe they added phones and added a little something here and there, but they were all pretty steady. And then in our lifetime, being a writer has changed about the dynamic about three times. Being a radio guy, being a salesman has changed and we're going to see we're going to see it now more than ever where where companies and business models won't have all this crazy in our inertia where they just kept going and rolling on for years once they got going now you're going to see companies that are going to make a ton of money and then they're going to wash up and, and go out of business pretty fast. You're going to see that in our age where, you know, people start small, they'll get really big. And then the algorithm will change all around them. Disruption will catch up and then they're going to go out of business. And the, these, these cycles are going to get so much shorter, but the cycle of something you become and very popular and then going out of style, this, those cycles are going to be so short that we're going to see there's a lot fortunes being made and lost in a matter of just a couple of years, uh, and things are going to move that fast. And it's really not the way things have moved up until now. This has just been our age that we've seen something like this.
0: Yeah. I think our generation and the younger generations gotten screwed big time. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, we can't really, um, we can't really help that. So, All right, guys, so the next topic, here's another one. These are some depressing topics, Rick, today. Uh, this one is on PCT, <laughs> and he's on PCT and no libido. How many times have we heard this? He says he's unable to maintain an erection. So he's got libido problems and unable to uh, maintain an erection. He ran E, te- VAR, winstrol, some ACG, and he ran a Romsen on Cycle. And then he's two and a half weeks into his PCT now. He's running Novodex at 50 a day. Clomid at 50 a day, and aromacin, 12.5 milligrams every other day, and he's got no libido, he's got no erection. Well, first off, you're running two SERMs, selective estrogen receptor modulators, nobidex and clomid, at ridiculously high doses, and you're throwing in an aromatized inhibitor on top of it. So basically, you're crashing your estrogen. So right off the bat, you've got to correct that. Uh, if you got crashed estrogen, that's probably why you have no libido and you have erection issues. It wouldn't surprise me too if you're feeling moody and depressed as well. Um, if you look up any anywhere, just Google Novodex killed my libido, Clomid killed my libido, killed my erection. There's thousands of threads on this, but people continue making the same mistakes. Another thing you're not doing is you're not stacking in a, a strong testosterone booster in this. So you're getting all these side effects from these drugs you're taking and then you're not running a a natural testosterone booster that will offset those side effects. So very simple here. I would cut off the aromacin. You should not need it. You ran it on cycle. You shouldn't need an MPCT at this point because your estrogen is likely in range. So by running an AI now, you're just crashing it. You're not running the testosterone anymore. If you're running the testosterone, then running the AI would make sense, but you're not anymore. You stopped it two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago. So stop the aromacin. No need for that. Lower your Clomid and Novodex dosage. The, the thing about these CERMs that people don't understand is they have long half-lives, days. So if you run 50 milligrams a day of Novodex, 50 milligrams of Clomid every day, it just continues building in your system more and more and more and more. It's got a long half-life. So, I would, I would just stop using them for a few days and then you could start up again, but run it at a very low dosage. Run the, run the Novindex at 10 and run the Clomid at like 12 and a half. So, and then run a strong testosterone booster, N2 Generate or N2 Generate ES, extra strength, preferably the ES if you can afford it. And then I promise you, your issues will, will resolve themselves if, if you were to do that. I mean, because right now at this point, like your estrogen is probably near zero and these drugs that you're taking have side effects. There's man, that scene from The Fugitive where um, Richard Kimball walks into the, the Hilton and the, the guy up there, his his buddy is, is doing that speech and saying, oh, this drug doesn't cause side effects. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. dude, just for that, you know, you're a moron because all drugs have side effects. And what are the side effects of Novodex and Clomid? They're libido and they're dick killers. Look it up. Just Google it. Um, And you're running them at these crazy dosages, which are not even what they should be ran at. And uh, just throwing tons of drugs at your body during PCT, it's a mistake we see a lot from guys. And it's really, really not just outdated, but it's also just incorrect. So again, less is better. And this is a classic example Of Why less is better You should not feel like shit on PCT You should not have libido problems on PCT The point of PCT Is to not Have these problems So why do guys torture themselves And you know have these problems On PCT well it's because They're following these ridiculous Old school methods of PCT Which is crash estrogen And throw a bunch of drugs at my system And that's just not the, the Purpose of PCT what do you think, Rick?
1: Well, yeah, guys, I identified some of these problems early on in my PCT. This is why I started using herbs. And this is how the formula for HC Generate came along. So, um, yeah, you guys got to check it out, hcgenerate.com. And basically, the product itself is just for you to take with your therapy. These drugs do work they've been used for ages, but they make you feel like shit. They affect you in a lot of different ways as you're recovering. And there are guys who are recovering and regaining their testosterone production on these drugs, but feeling like shit and losing libido and feeling, not feeling great the whole time. The herbs do help. They help your mood quite a bit on top of also working alongside the Clomid and the Novodex and all this other stuff guys are taking. So, it's really important, man. You guys got to give it a shot. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have a good niche in this industry. I uh, wouldn't be able to sell products if they didn't work to the level that they do. Some of you guys listening that if you tried my products already know what I'm talking about. It's, you know, it, I found that the necessity for it. And I wasn't the only guy going through this. A lot of guys were. This is why when I put the product on the market and you guys started picking it up and using it along with their PCT, it just worked. And we've been selling the same formula now for going on 10 years. So it's just a, a great, great product for you guys to take along with your post therapy, And it's going, to, it's going to help all these things. So it's going to keep your, your dick hard. It's going to keep you interested in sex. It's going to keep you from getting all depressed, a, a weepy, a lonely, moody Hcgenerate.com, guys, check it out. And you also help uh, support me and the show uh, whenever you guys uh, make a purchase from us.
0: A lot of people say, oh, you know, testosterone boosters don't work, blah, blah, blah. For the most part, they're right. 95% of the ones out there are crap. Just look at the ingredients. But the ones into generate, AC generate, and then the AC generate into generate ES, look at the ingredients in it. It's got actual high dosages of these herbs it's not just 200 milligrams of three herbs and a couple vitamins no we we're talking about grams and grams of herb herbals in this formula so it it's the strongest testosterone booster that you will find it's as strong as you will get without shutting you down basically so you can run it something very strong without suppressing you so that's what you want during PCT. That's, that is the solution to, to your problem right here. Lowering your dosages and running these herbals at good dosages. And if you go to like a, a, a supplement store, you walk in there and you pick up a testosterone booster off the shelf, you can look at the ingredients. It's crap. It's got like 200 milligrams of Fedosia, 200 milligrams of tribulus, and like a cup, like vitamin E or something. That's it. That's all they, they have in it. It's It's crap. So I mean, look at the ingredients of that compared to the AC generate and to generate, and you'll see why uh, it's such a good product. Probably, uh, I think it was the first product I ever used. Rick was uh, back in the day was the a- AC generate classic, and it made a huge difference during uh, my PCT.
1: Yeah, AC generate classic got started in the uh, got started around. 2008, 2009 is when I started using the, the full formula myself, and then it was released about 2010, 2011. And then around 2014, I was turning about 34, going on 35 is when the extra strength version came out. And that one has additional ingredients specifically to help your erections, to help you get. You know, stiffer, harder erections more consistently every day, but also to lower prolactin and just to, just to help everything function much nicer and much more effectively down there. So it's a, must, it's a souped up formula. It already contains a bottle of the original AC Generate in it, plus an additional 10 different ingredients. That's the extra strength ES formula. And then the original AC Generate look, if you're a guy in his mid 20s, early 30s, you'd probably be all right with just the regular. Formula, above thirty-five, going into forty, like me, um, you'd want to get the extra strength version coming off a cycle, or even if you're permanently on TRT, want to run. I'd say four bottles of ES per year through your body. Maybe one four-week run of uh, extra strength every three months. If you're uh, if you're on testosterone replacement therapy, is what I would
0: do. All right. So the next one is, uh, this is another question that was asked. And this kind of goes into what we're saying earlier, Rick, starting my own supplement company. And uh, I think it's a really good time to start any business. I don't think it's a good time to start a tech company because tech companies are doing so good right now. And like, there's, um, specific tech companies are just dominating everybody They're like eating everyone alive But if you want to start your own supplement company Or your own little mom and pop shop This is as good an as opportunity as, as you might have For at least another 5 five, ten years probably So now is the time um, Because a lot of supplement companies are struggling People aren't going to the gym right now As much as they, they could Because gyms are closed Gyms, um, Everyone's scared to go to the gym They don't want to get sick Um, so a lot of people aren't running supplements, so they're waiting, they're waiting until, you know, everything opens back up and they can go safely. So great opportunity right now to start a a, a supplement company while things are down. You don't want to start when things are red hot. So Rick, let me ask you, this This is kind of me interviewing you. Let's say I wanted to start up my own, let's say, let's take something like MCT oil, for example, right? So let's say I wanted to start my own MCT oil company. A lot of competition out there. But let's say I wanted to sell directly to like the distributors, the the dispensaries. Okay, a lot of states now have dispensaries. You can basically go there, line up, or you just need a basically a script from from the doctor that they have there. They just write you a script. And you can literally just go to that place and pick up the script and pick up some CBD oil. But let's say I want to get good quality CBD oil and sell it not the cheap crap off of Amazon legit how would you even do something like that for example but like you'd have to do something that was maybe a little more creative let's say I want to do CBD oil and add some vitamins to it or add protein to it or add uh, you know just hypothetically speaking or creatine you want to do something a little different like how would you how would you get started that is that even something that's possible or is the competition too stiff you think
1: Well, that depends on where you're starting off. Are you starting off with a lot of money? Are you starting off with resources? What kind of resources are you starting? Well, how much off with?
0: money How much money would you need? like let's say you know like how much money would you need to, to start something like that
1: uh, you can I mean what uh, uh, a kilo of uh, CBD isolate is like five thousand bucks. And you could make a lot of product out of that kilo. But, I mean, you have to have a a market, someone to to buy it from you. Also, when it comes to CVD, credit card processing becomes an issue because uh, credit cards do not want to be in the middle. They don't want to be an intermediary between you and your purchase, which could be illegal on a federal level and all these different different things. But you just
0: sell it to the dispensary and get, like, a check? Instead of using- uh, yeah, but, they're,
1: they're, but, but you're not the only guy doing that. There's a lot of other guys going to this trying to sell them. So this is why I asked, are you starting off, what kind of resources are you starting off with? And let me explain. Do you, okay, so let's say, th- let's do it two ways. Let's say you start off with uh, resources, you have attention, and you have people, and you have followers, and you don't have a ton of money, or you have a ton of money, but you don't have any cloud, nobody knows you, you're, you're fucking nobody. So if you are somebody, if you have a following, if you have a, some clout, if you're known for something, if you can get people, then you can easily, man, not, not very hard, 5K, uh, 10K in, in C V D, probably another 10K making a product. I mean, about 25,000, 30,000, you might have product you can sell. Now, have people to sell it and you can go direct to consumer, make stuff at wholesale, better than wholesale, at manufacturing prices through a uh, good licensed contract manufacturer, and then sell it to your crowd, direct to consumer, person to person. And you got some kind of business going there. And this is, you know, you're shoestringing it at that 25000 $30,000. you are you know, you're starting off with a couple of, of, of kgs of CBD and, and then some packaging and, and you're getting going. But you got to have a market for that. Now, the other way where you don't have followers, you're not an Instagrammer, you don't have you don't have a way to reach a bunch of people to sell direct to consumer, but you have a bunch of money, either yours or an investor, or you just sold to something, whatever. You make big amounts. Now, you're not buying two kgs of CBD to sell direct to consumer. Now, you're buying 50 kgs, 100 kgs. Uh, and you're making large amounts, big runs. Uh, you're hiring good graphic designers, uh, uh, you know, some some a good uh, art director to help art direct your content and all your stuff. And then you you pay agencies yourself. You should learn how to do some to run some ads on different platforms that will let, let you run ads and let you pay for advertising back to your uh, CBD brand and shop. And then when it comes to retail, retail is is an incredibly complex business. And in retail, your business model and the purity of your business model is about the most important thing to the success of your retail shop, whether it's brick and mortar or online, your business model has has to stay pretty pure. So if you're a big CBD brand, you make a lot of products you should. You don't want to play the direct to consumer game too much. You want to have a website where your prices are probably higher than everybody else's, so that way when you sell to a store, a local store, the local store can offer your product right there in front of the customer for a lesser price than they could. Then that same customer could buy it from your website with shipping. You you have to do that. Nobody wants to buy your brand, your product and put it in their store, in their brick and mortar that they're paying rent for, and then you're fucking undercutting them on your website. Nobody wants to do that. So this is what I I mean when I say business model is important. Are you a direct-to-consumer brand? And then you can do discounts, you can be competitive, you can do all of that because you're not worried about pissing off the retailers, the wholesalers that are investing into your brand and are hoping – to get a margin and, and you're killing their margin because they can't compete against you. W- what is your business model? And that if you have a lot of money, if you have a lot of cash, mm, you have a choice of, of building a good direct consumer brand or, or, or really going into big distribution, making a lot, making 10,000 units, 20,000 units, and getting them in the hands of distributors, just putting money in the hands of influencers. You kind of you throw money at the whole situation. Obviously you want to track it because you can lose all of it in a minute. You can put a bunch of money into uh paid ads on Google and on YouTube and on Facebook and lose it all and not fucking convert. You can you can send product to brick and mortars and they it doesn't move. You know, there's a lot of pitfalls when you're moving a lot of money around. You can literally run out of money a lot quicker than you think. Um with the with the smaller kind of direct to consumer brand some of the problems that you run into i'm speaking from experience uh, you don 't have the big money to uh, to make the big runs and, and, and commit to big distribution and commit to big things so you you end up always protecting your your direct connection to the consumer and you uh, you want to hold on to the to the units uh, three runs for your direct consumer you don 't want to disappoint anybody you want to have direct dialogue with as many of your purchasing customers as you can. And, and guys, uh, this is just a quick uh, run of retail, man. But this applies to pretty much anything you're selling, not just, not just supplements. The way I approached it ages ago, and I've seen other people successful at it, is make stuff for yourself that you would want to use yourself. Uh, and, and, and then live your, live your business, your hobby. Don't, don't get into a business just to make money. Uh, you do something you love you like you're passionate about and turn it into a into a business and you basically want to um I'm going somewhere with this I'm going somewhere with this hold on um yeah you want to have you want to you want to really you want to really have passion for what you do I think it, I think that is probably the biggest opportunity we have today is that you can start a business doing anything that that is your passion you know, there were things that years ago would have been out of reach. But now today, like even, man, even if you've got a great idea of, of a gizmo, you can have it 3D printed by someone and have a model made of this gizmo for not a lot of money, then you can go to Kickstart and get Kickstarter funding. I mean, the the avenues for having your idea prototyped and funded nowadays are just so broad that, you know, if you don't take advantage, and the best thing I could tell everyone is just do something you love, do something you truly love. And that's the easiest way to find your customer is try to, at least in my case, try to, try to make your, is, the closer your customer is to you and your lifestyle, the, the easier it will be. It's, it's why, you know, my brand, I, I don't sell muscle builders. I sell liver support. I sell post-psychotherapy support. I sell thyroid support. I sell stuff that goes along with with the steroids. I take steroids. I use my products. Have been doing so for decades, and so it's easy. It's easy for me to reach my customers, create products they want, uh, answer their questions, take care of them, provide content in this podcast because I'm just be me and talking to other guys that are interested in the same kind of lifestyle that I that I am, and that's my customer. So. Before you even start your brand, before you even start anything, you find who your customer is and, and go there.
0: All right, that's some good tips. And then um what do you do with the how does the FDA work these days? Is the FDA even like uh check in, let's say you did C B D oil and um you know it wasn't pure, is that something the FDA would come down on you or no?
1: I'm sorry. What do you mean it wasn't pure? What would it mean? Like, it, like it was tainted with THC, which is controlled? What you yeah, mean?
0: let's say it was only like 50 percent uh, CBD, and it was 50 percent something else. But you claimed it was 100 percent CBD. Would that be something the FDA could
1: crack? The the FDA r- routinely uh, grabs products off the shelf and tests them. They catch a lot of people spiking products. They catch a lot of people under dosing. I'm sure they've grabbed my stuff and tested it a bunch of times because our marketing appears on a lot of steroid websites, and we've never had any issues. But a lot of guys get letters; they they'll, they'll buy stuff, test it for everything from contaminants to potency to label accuracy, and you can go right to the FDA website and see who got a letter when and and why. And they they do and you get letters sometimes if it's a really bad offense uh you might get or you might be ordered to recall your product so let's say you sold ten thousand units of something and the fda grabbed a a sample and tested it and they found enough reason to make you recall it then you have to go and do a proper recall if they don't like some of the things you, you you wrote about your product make you change it um I mean, if they don't like an ingredient in your product, they'll send you a letter suggesting you stop selling it. It'll go something along the lines of like, "Hey, we, you know, we think you should stop selling it because we think this could maybe be a drug. So maybe you probably should stop selling it." So, and as far as look compliance for manufacturing, the compliance rules are so strict now that you're better off finding a good contract manufacturer, visiting their location, making sure you hold on to all your records from all your batches. Make sure you do it right. Check your manufacturer on the FDA website. Ask them how many letters they've gotten, by what violations they've gotten. Really interview your places. Again, go visit them. See what kind of, what kind of operation they're running. And you're probably better off making your products through good manufacturing partners than trying to run your own shop because a business owner at some point you have to decide really what you're going to concentrate on and what you're going to be good at if you've got a couple of partners and everybody is down to work and and everybody's put some money in and one guy is going to take care of being the manufacturing guy, he's going to do compliance. He's going to make sure machinery stays up to spec. Because having a factory is not just the compliance of everything that that needs to get done by FDA rules, but you you know the it's also fixing the machinery when it goes down. If you get some really nice fancy encapsulating machines, some of these things are hydraulic, so you need to have like an, like a bunch of tooling tool cabinets. Just to tool these machines because they, they'll need daily tweaking. Look, I'll give you guys an example about manufacturing law. Let's say you have a manufacturing plant and one of your employees needs to go out to their car to get something. So they come out the back door. They put a, a brick or dirt bag or whatever it is on the ground to keep the door open. They run to their car to the parking lot and they're, and they're running right back. And as they're running right back, you're the owner. You pull into the fucking parking lot and you see that they've left the door wide open and they blocked it with something. You Watch them walk across the parking lot back from their car. You watch them go in. Now, you've got two choices there, right? One, you could just fucking ignore it. Or two, you have to follow up a whole report. Uh, everything from checking and making sure that all of the all of the mice traps around your facility are the right distance from the building because rodents walk usually a a certain distance from from the building, and so that 's where your your traps need to be also you need just you need to file a report and do a whole bunch of things just because a stupid employee left a back door unattended and a rodent or you know, anything could have could have walked in. Like, you, you've got to do a whole report, uh, and it's got to be filed. And you can either ignore what you saw and just go about, about your day, or you fucking stop everything, and for the next couple hours, you write the appropriate report, you, you check, you do all the appropriate checking, mark everything down, I mean, it gets real complex. So if you have different partners, different of you, some guys are going to do compliance, machining, manufacturing. You got other guys that are going to do uh, marketing, product development, um, all these great stuff. You have other guys that are going to handle analytics if you're going to buy traffic or if you're going to um, market in different ways using, you, you know, you want to you track your marketing, man. You want to know if your marketing what you're doing to, to get out to your customers, if that's making you money or not. So really, uh, depending on how many res- how much resources you have, it really becomes a thing of what you can actually do or not. Manufacturing your own products, uh, it's, if you want to do it compliant, where from your first batch, you're always compliant with FDA, comp- you've, you need a, a full-time guy to do just that to really know what they're doing, setting everything up. And, and even then you might not be fully compliant, you know? So there's a lot, there's a lot to it, man. When it comes to supplements, uh, supplements are incredible, incredibly competitive now, incredibly competitive. And you've, you've got to have people's attention. You got to have a following. There's very little to no brand loyalty. People will, Try a new brand. We'll abandon an old brand as soon as another brand puts out a better product. Uh, people will price shop. It's, you know, supplements are tough. Supplements are, 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 are a different animal. If anybody out there has uh, ideas of a new gizmo, of a new thing, I would say that's probably everybody's best way to go. If you got an idea of a new thing, a little gizmo, something, you can easily make a 3D model off Kickstarter or patent and then sell the patent off for a couple million and go off, go off into the sunset. That is huge now, is making small devices. Small, small, small devices that are have very niche applications and... And it'll give you some aspect of uniqueness. The one problem you have in the supplement industry is that you can't really patent a lot. of. You can't patent any ingredients. Anybody can copy your stuff. It's, it's very hard.
0: Um, yeah, but <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fucking work to start up your own supplement company. I think I'm going to pass on my uh, lifelong goals on that. But the gizmo thing, um, if you come up with something, Rick, let me know so I can patent it. Yeah. yeah you, we'll, we'll, you, I'll be set. You, you know
1: what? <laughs> supplement? look supplements are great if you if you already have a market of people uh, you're a trainer you know you're doing something it actually wouldn't be a bad idea to give people something that you might already be recommending from other brands you go ahead and you make it make it under your own but but really man it's it's competitive it's tough uh it's I would say that the best time to start a supplement brand was probably the year 2000 on Uh, those. And even some of those brands that started then die out because like I said, there is no really brand loyalty. People will try a new brand. They will go with something new uh, at the drop of a hat. It's, it's, you know, so, and when I say, I say gizmo, but I mean, really mean ideas, you know, have a, a good, unique idea. And, and stay away from, from some of the crap, you know. Uh private labeling, it's decent, but it's just not it's so done over and over again. Drop shipping, some of this stuff is just done over and over again. You know, private labeling, drop shipping. Some people have made a ton of money private labeling and they might still, but it's just not what it used to be. Drop shipping too, having stuff drop shipped from China and all these quirky business ideas, not not great. So if you've, your main focus should be on developing an audience, developing a following, make sure people know you for something. And then, and then go from there. Again, if you don't have the, the big budget to get started with and it should be something you're passionate about always. That's, that's what I try to tell my kids now. It's, it's like, Hey, look, we're like living in the best time in human history. You could be anything you want. Just, just make sure now that you're young, get started doing something you really love and then you'll never feel like you're going to work and really be whatever you want to be, you know? And we're really, we're at that stage in the world where you you can really start off uh, somewhere and be whatever you want to be.
0: So. All right, guys. So we'll save the last topic. It'll be a surprise for the next podcast. It's a relation, good relationship topic, but we'll save it for our next one that we're going to record. For Steve Smith and Rick has been another episode of Evolutionary Radio. This was episode number 345. And stay tuned if you guys want to hear a joke. Uh, Rick's going to have a joke for us. I'm going to have a funny story. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.
1: Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.
0: Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. All right, buddy. You got a funny story? Yeah, yeah. I got a funny story. You want to do yours first yeah. or mine's kind of long? Nah, hit,
1: hit, hit it up. Hit it uh, up. all right. Listen, All
0: right, guys. So, <laughs> all right, guys. So, like, like Rick, I was forced into a marriage at a very, very young age. And I've never told this story before. Um, the only reason I'm telling you guys is we've done this podcast a lot. Those of you who listen to it are very loyal. I'm really not supposed to tell this story, Rick. Uh, I might get in trouble, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So, some years ago, I was working at my gym, and you know how you was- had an
1: arranged marriage.
0: Yeah, I was like, like I was like you. I was forced like, to get like married in, in at a Persia. In, in,
1: per- in Persia, you guys have arranged marriages. It's not what it is.
0: Yeah, like listen, listen to the story. So it's it's a weird one. <sighs> okay, so I was working at the gym. So I went, you know how they have those supplement stores connected to your gym? So you walk from the gym straight into the supplement store right next to the gym. So I went in there. It was really, really late, almost closing time for the store. And the gym was, you know, closing and every, everything. So I walk in there and it's empty. And I'm like, shit, you know, something's really wrong here. Why is the store empty? So then I go in the back and I'm like, ask for my buddy. I'm like, Sam, Sam, you know, are you in here? Like the store's empty there's no one there and like there's stuff knocked off on the shelf so i walk into the back office and and um i see the chair kind of face away so i turn the chair around and he's there basically dead uh the the owner of the supplement store is dead so i'm like shit i'm like screaming so then i I run out and i run into the killer who who actually killed the guy he strangled him to death and it was a hit basically It it was a mob hit So the guy like basically throws me against the wall and runs out. So then like, you know, I call the police and everything and the police come, FBI come, FBI gets me to decide. They're like, look, this guy, you know, he's, he's mob affiliated. And, um, you know, you have a choice. You can either, you know, testify against him or you don't testify against him. He's probably going to just, just going to kill you. So I'm like, shit, you know, what do I do? My friend, he just killed my friend. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to man up, okay? I was only 21 years old at the time. I'm like, look, I'm going to man up. I'm going to testify against this motherfucker. So um, I I go to testify against him, and it turns out the motherfucker escaped from prison. He escaped. So now he's on the loose. So they come to me. They're like, look, this guy's on the loose. He's going to come after you. You're the only witness. So it's like we got to put you in the WPP, Witness protection Program. So they sent my ass to fucking Alabama, like backwoods of Alabama. I'm like two miles out from the nearest town in a trailer out in the middle of the woods. They put me there and I'm like, I'm like, damn, I'm like, dude, look, I'm 21, man. I want to go have fun. i want to go hit the clubs and stuff. And the guy's like, look, I'm sorry. You got to stay here. You know, the closest town to you is Hatred, Mississippi. So if you, if you want to go clubbing, that's the closest town in here. So he, they leave me there, whatever. So I go. So, like, I liked it, bro. I liked it. I was out in the country. It was quiet. Um, I had to basically go to, go to the bathroom. I had, like, a little outhouse, you know. Uh, there was no plumbing. So I liked it, though. So I'd go fishing to catch my food. I'd go hunting, whatever. So one of my little um, fishing trips, I'm, I'm coming back, and this bear attacks me because it wants to fish. So then there's this, this is girl uh, her name was Samantha. She comes out in the middle of the woods. She's a big, big woman. And she uh, basically saves my life. Uh, she basically chases the bear away and basically saved my, save my life. And she's like, she's like, huh, honey, you have been with a big girl? And I'm like, no, I haven't. So I, I, you know, I went ahead and I went ahead and, and fucked her. You know, we fucked there in the woods. I, uh, you know, I like, I like them cuddly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like them cuddly. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> couple a couple weeks later i'm sitting in my trailer i'm I'm, you know i'm about back you know i'm cooking up cooking up uh you know some fish about to have dinner and some some dude comes out of the woods he's got a big beard he's got a shotgun he's like and then she comes out she's like there he is paul that's the motherfucker that got me pregnant so i'm like shit so this guy comes out he's got the gun he's like pointing the gun at me he's like he's like you're gonna marry my daughter and I'm like, dude, I didn't get her pregnant. I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, you call my daughter a liar? And he's like, the wedding will take place this weekend. You, you come this weekend, I'll bring you shotgun. And he's like, let's go, Samantha. And they leave.
1: Shotgun wedding.
0: Exactly, shotgun wedding. So I'm like, dude, I'm like, listen, listen, dude, I would love to marry you. The problem is my mom, she's, she's in Persia. And it would kill her not to see her only son get married. And he's like, "Well, we're real big on family, so the wedding will take place as soon as she gets back." So then, he he leaves. So then he, he, so then he uh, you know, he comes back the next day, and he's like, "You know, what? Some some big dude's been looking for you. I heard, I heard in town some big dude been looking for your ass." He said he's looking for a guy from Persia, and I'm like, "Shit! I'm like, this motherfucker found me." So I'm like, you know what? Fuck the FBI. Fuck the, the witness protection program. They ain't going to protect my ass. They don't give a shit about me. So I'm like, I'm going to get my future father-in-law to protect me from this motherfucker. So I get, I get him and the family. We all come together. I'm like, look. I'm like, you're going to be my future father-in-law. I need your help on this. This guy is coming to fucking kill me. I'm the only witness. So listen, we're all going to sit around here. And as soon as he shows up, I'm going to yell Family. And I want you guys to all come out with the guns and everything and and kill this motherfucker for me. And he's like, he's like, you heard my future son-in-law now get. So they all go hide in the woods. Right. And we're we're sitting there waiting for the guy. So I'm waiting there. I'm waiting there. I'm doing like a flashback of my life. So suddenly the motherfucker shows up and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take pleasure in squeezing the life out of you, son. And I'm like, well, You know, you know what? I'm not worried. I'm like, I got something you don't have. Family. I'm like, come on, guys. And I'm like, and he's like, what are you talking about? I got a sister over in Jersey. And I'm like, dude, I got family. So I'm screaming, family, come on. And no no one comes to save me. They're all passed out drunk. So. (laughs) So that's that's yeah, that's the story. And then like suddenly all these helicopters show up, dude, the FBI had been tracking this guy, they all show up, they arrest his ass. So and I ended up leaving Alabama. And uh, yeah, that's that's a that's what happened, bro. And um, I don't know, bro. I don't know what happened. I don't know if she ended up having the kid or what, but I got I, I almost got forced into that marriage. That's a uh, that's a true story. So uh, I could have a son out there, do you pull, bro.
1: Did you pull out on time, or or do you pull out on time, or or was, was dude? She I know.
0: dude, I pulled out, pulled so out barely, Maybe barely. maybe she banged some other right. guy or something. But I could have a 19 year old kid out there. Um, so we don't know. I'm trying to track him down. So I've been trying to track him down. he's gonna one day. He's gonna be pissed at me. He's like, why don't you come? He's an Alabama.
1: Me? He's an he's an Alabama Persian.
0: Exactly. He's half Alabama and half Persian. So he's probably, I don't know, he's probably, you know, good looking kid. So, yeah. How about you? What, do you have a joke for us? I
1: i don't know what to say after all of that, bro. I think I had one like. <laughs>
0: Talk about your rage marriage. About how the father made you marry. I
1: had one. I had one until that. All right. So. To that uh, long story, I'll give you a really quick and short uh, medical joke, right?
0: All right, give me a good one. I want to laugh.
1: All right, so guy comes into the doctor. He goes, Doc, I'm really worried. He goes, what's going on? He goes, well, when I fart, when I go to the bathroom and I, and I shit, I not smell like anything. smells like absolutely nothing. I, I don't know. The doctor said, "Well, right, that's that's interesting. Um, go ahead. You wanna? Can you can you rip one out? We'll, well, let's see." He goes, "All right, doc, just give me a second. <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> wait. Just one more second. <clears throat> God, dude, let's one rip out." The doctor goes, "All right, let me, let me see. Takes a big whiff. Goes." Ooh geez you know we're gonna have to operate right away he goes doc what's wrong is it my colon he goes nah man it's your fucking nose because you stink i can't believe you can't smell that it's terrible
0: that's good i'm gonna use that one that's a good that's short and to the point i like it
1: yeah that nice little nice little shorty one huh yeah
0: all right, guys. We're hey,
1: here's, another, here's, a, here's another. He's another.
0: He's another doc. He's another doctor One. All right, give us
1: another one. So, uh, doc's in the office. Uh, old, old lady. You know, old, little chubby, sagging breasts. Walks in with her daughter. Daughter's fucking incredible. Uh, an eleven out of ten. Gorgeous, twenty-something, beautiful Colombian. I mean, she's gorgeous. They come in into the doctor's into the to the office. Doctor goes, all right. Well, I'm ready for examination, young lady. Please go back there on this uh, robe, and I'll be there in a minute. Take your virals. And then the mom goes, no, no, no. She's just here with me. I'm here for the consult. They goes, all right, miss. Just uh, open your mouth and say ah. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> yeah, sure into the Yeah, a good doctor, Doug's. Personal experience with these, or is, uh, <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? all right, guys. All right, guys. Look, we're gonna, we uh, we'll have some uh, new, new stories next, next week, guys. We'll talk to you guys then.
1: So we learned Steve. Steve's got.
0: Well, now the have a, a, a... Well, now the mob's gonna come out for our podcast. So, but guys, please don't, don't mention this story to anybody. I don't want to, I don't want them coming after me. If the guy gets, gets out, you know?